return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. And so it's significant to understand that people follow and serve many gods, but there is the most high God and his name is Jesus Christ. Amen. Darcy, come on down, all right, and... Uh, we're just glad you're all here today. It's a good day to celebrate and a good day to give thanks to the Lord, and as every day is. Amen. And uh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hey. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Ah, thank you, Lord. Photographer Amanda, all right, others, yeah, Stephanie, Darcy's coming. Why don't I have you introduce your son there, all right? Oh, yes, uh, this is Leo Warren Cook. When he was is, he born? Um, he was born on January 20th, so he's just a little more than three months old. And he's a miracle baby. He is a miracle baby. Doctors gave you a lot of, mm-hmm. prior to birth, a lot of negative reports. Yes, yes. And I stubbornly ignored them. <laughs> Which is good advice, I yes. think, right? So you were, you were seeing doctors, but uh, yeah. of all the reports, none of them happened. Not one of them. And, uh, yeah. Well, he was born small. So we knew he was growth restricted. Um, so they, they had his weight actually exactly right. Even though I was, I was believing that he would, you know, be born bigger because it's, um, they have the technology, but it's, it's almost impossible to get an exact weight of a baby when still inside the womb. Yeah. Um, but boy, they nailed it at four pounds and three ounces. That's exactly what Amen. he was born at. So. Amen. So. Amen. But yeah, he is, he is a miracle. It's a miracle that he is here. We had a pretty tough pregnancy and um, emergency delivery and um, but he came out perfect and he is overcoming every little or not even overcoming but jumping through every hoop for uh, growth and um, meeting all of their expectations and exceeding them he's amazing amen (laughs) amen well Darcy you know, Darcy just wants to dedicate him to the Lord, which is so good, which really means she's dedicating herself and raising him for Jesus Christ, which is uh, what, what's biblical, right? So, so you baptize people after conversion, but as a baby, you dedicate them to the Lord. So if it's your intent to present today Leo to Jesus Christ, yes. would you pledge yourself to bring him up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord? If you, if you do, then please answer, I do. I do. Do you hear this day, Resic? Recognize this child as the gift of God and give heartfelt thanks for God's blessing. I do. You hear this day, dedicate this child to the Lord who gave him to you. I do. 
Do you hear this day pledge as a parent that you will bring up this child in the nurture and admonition of the Lord? I do. Do you hear this day promise to give this child every possible benefit of home and of school and of the church? I do. And do you hear this day ask God's blessing upon his life to guide, guard, direct him through all of his years? Mm-hmm. I do. Amen. Amen. Cool. So we're going to speak. Uh, we're going to speak blessings here for a minute. All right, for Leo, and I want you to reach out your hands here. Lord, we thank you for Darcy, for her son Leo, for the miracles you've done in Leo's life and in Darcy's life. Lord, this day I thank you for supernatural favor on Darcy. And Lord, because she's a believer, that it passes on to all of her children in the name of Jesus. I thank you for your anointing on her as a mother, as a woman of God, that Lord, she is not alone, but you are with her. You have empowered her. You are anointing her for great things in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your provision, even supernatural provision, Lord, beyond what she can imagine at this point. But I thank you for your provision in great, great ways for Darcy, for every member of her family, in the name of Jesus. So today, Lord, we bless her. We bless Leo. Even every other child, Lord, we just bless them. We thank you, Jesus. You bless them. Hallelujah. We thank you for good health. We thank you, Lord, for uh, that they do well, excel in school. Lord, that you have great futures for them. That you'd use Leo in great ways for your glory and honor, Father. We just bless Leo Darcy today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow. He's beautiful. He's beautiful. Hallelujah. Give me that too. Uh, Something on my heart that um, came to me actually during the worship service. And um, I want to sing over you. And the song is Jesus Loves Me. And I just wonder if, you know, when we sing, something in the atmosphere happens. Yeah. And I just wonder if we could all stand up and sing Jesus Loves Me. And that um, for Darcy and her household, that Amen. it will just be a reminder. Again, she knows that she's known it for Amen. years. We've known you for many years. Yeah. And, but that's the truth. But would congregation, we all just sing yeah. it out. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to Him belong. They are weak, oh, Jesus but is so strong. He is strong. Now declare it. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. remind yourself here today. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me. I think we sing it again. Yes, Jesus loves me. Thank you for your love, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Your love brings us through everything. Love never fails. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. 
Amen. Thank you. You're sealed with love. Amen. 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 Thank you, Darcy. We love yeah. you. Amen. We love you, Darcy. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, you can be seated there. And Jeremy, I think Michelle or someone has a testimony that we're going to share, say something there. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. I love that. There you go. Yeah. Um, I just uh, want to say that we're just so blessed to be a part of a church that prays for us. Yeah. And when um, a few weeks ago, Essie was, um, had become very sick, suddenly she was just started throwing up. And then she um, had a pain in her side, and we thought she had appendicitis. And um, I took her, I had actually walked down off the stage and That's took a her sun, to the a ER. Sunday morning. Yeah, it yeah, was a sun, Sunday morning. Okay. Yeah, I came off the stage to go take her to the ER, and by the time I got to the ER with her, she tried to walk, but she couldn't, and I had to carry her into the mm. ER. She was just so sick by the time we got there, and in so much pain. And um, as we, um, I know that somebody had let Pastor Dave know um, that what was going on, and you guys all prayed for her. And I believe in that moment while she's sitting in the bed when you guys were praying for her, she started to, like, Mom, it's starting to go away. I'm starting to feel better. Wow. And she just was, like, um, within probably about 10 minutes, she was pain-free. Mm. And she walked out of the hospital that day. And I just praise God for answered prayers and that, I mean, it was just, I got to witness the miracle right in wow. front of my eyes is what I wow. just was like, how is that even possible? You know, beyond God, that's the only way that is possible. Yes, he makes all things possible. Wow. So, yes. you want to say anything? Um, I think the thing that uh, I, that like stood out to me the most was that I started feeling almost little to no pain before the doctor even came in to check on me, like I started feeling less pain when the nurse was just checking on me, when my blood was just getting drawn. And but by the time the doctor came in, I basically had no pain. Praise like, God. Like, I couldn't feel any pain. Amen. 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 Anything, Jeremy? I tell people if they're ever going to face something like this in the future, uh, to a verse to stand on is um, Matthew eight thirteen here. Just as Jesus had prayed, so also did Pastor Dave. Yeah. And this crowd here stood in the gap just like the centurion did. Yeah. The servant was not present where the prayer was taken, just like Essie was not present. Yeah. And she was healed within 10 to 15 minutes, just like that self-same hour Amen. here. It's, this whole verse was just all it. put to forth in action. That's a great Thanks. verse. Amen. Thanks, Jeremy. Thank you. I just want to say one more quick yeah. thing, too, is that... Um, you know, Wednesday they pray here at the church, and these pastors are praying for you guys every Wednesday here. Um, even if they're not here, they're still praying for you, and you guys are so blessed. We are also mm. blessed to have Pastor Dave and Mama Jeannie praying for us, and yeah. Angeline and Randon are always there. You know, yeah. it's just such a blessing. Amen. And... Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Good report. You know, I'm thinking of pain. Anybody have pain? If you feel pain in your body right now, anybody has pain in their body? <laughs> you stand up. She's got pain in a hip. Anybody else have pain in their body? Okay. Anybody else pain in their body? In the back, all right. Anybody else pain in their body? 
You know, I, I love it that in heaven there's no pain, right? In heaven there's no pain. In the back too. All right, so where people are standing, just stay standing. Just If you can't, I want some to go around just where some people are at a second. And uh, if you can say, well, where's the pain at? You could gently touch them, very gently, all right? But, but let's believe for no pain, amen? Father, thank you. That in heaven there's no pain, so we believe even on earth, because you said as it, be, as it is in heaven, so it be done in earth, in earth no pain. So we speak against pain right now in Jesus' name, wherever this is at, if it's in a joint or a muscle or vertebrae or wherever it's at, we speak pain, leave. Whatever's causing it, be healed right now. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Be healed in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, as hands are laid on them. These are healing hands. They're your hands, Jesus. So I thank you for these healing hands even right now. Pain is leaving. Pain is leaving. Comfort is coming. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you for doing it, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Healing, wholeness, health in Jesus name in Jesus name by your stripes we were healed by your stripes we were healed past tense amen uh, not everyone uh, years pass and uh, <laughs> Not everyone knows that this is our daughter. This is Angela. She's our firstborn, and uh, she has three sons, so she's making us really happy grandma, grandparents. So, But I just want to introduce her. And then um, we were talking on the way up here, and uh, 15 years ago, when her oldest was three, so yes, he's 18 now, <laughs> graduating, and uh, these young mothers go through a lot. Pray for the young mothers, you know. They face a lot, and... But 15 years ago, um, God gave Angela the idea to start the children's ministry called the Rock. Kids Rock. Kids Rock. And, um, and it's flourishing. And, and 15, or, yeah, 15 years of children have been instructed. Seeds of the word have been planted. And there's workers. And then Diana Sanderson has uh, taken leadership of that. Yeah. So many, how many years ago? Quite a while. Many years ago. Four or five. Four. Several, yeah. Yeah. We worked together even before she took it over, but probably five years, Diana, maybe? Four years? <laughs> yeah. yeah. In Jesus' name. So um, I am grateful for when God gives us an idea. Some of you in this room are sitting there with an idea. Yeah. It is a God idea. And we just um, give you permission to go for it. Go for Amen. it. If it's in the Bible... Go for it. Amen. And God will strengthen you. So Amen. mostly I just wanted you to meet our daughter because we are graced and blessed. And you could all stand up here and introduce your kids, but I guess today I got the mic. So <laughs> amen. Amen. <clears throat> so for years they would come to the church here, but um, as their kids got older, they live in Sioux Falls. And so then uh, we realized they should be in a youth group, but it would be hard to come up here with schedules uh, for youth groups. So then 
they, in a sense, transition to Sioux Falls to church there, and so the kids can be in a youth group and bless that way. Amen. Amen. Kim, how's Gerald doing? Doing well. Working again. All right. And how long ago was that that he had the heart attack? So March 14th. So Gerald, Kim's son, was 19, is 19, and he had a heart attack. And it took him several minutes to revive him. Six minutes. And uh, so he had died, but they got his heartbeat going again. And then you called, too, and we were at the hospital, and they took his body, and they chilled it down to try to preserve brain waves and heart muscle. And uh, so they didn't know how it was going to turn out, did they? With <laughs> Yeah, very scary. And so, uh, but uh, thank, isn't God good, though? Gerald, Gerald, so when I touched him, he was cold. And uh, all the machines, kind of like just the COVID thing again, but all the machines and stuff, keeping him alive on a ventilator and stuff. But, but, uh, all that turned around. And then uh, just, uh, they started to warm him up, and he came awake. Uh, Jeannie saw him a few days later, got out of intensive care to a normal room, and he said to Jeannie, did you know I died? And she said, yes, I did. <laughs> and uh, so within five days total then, he's out of the hospital back to normal living. And uh, so we thank God for that. Amen. We thank God for his healing touch. Yeah. The Lord is faithful. He's doing miracles today. Amen. And uh, you don't want to short circuit that with your brain. So don't think too much about, oh, this is impossible. This can't happen. Don't think about that. Just think about Jesus. Just think that all things are possible. And so as long as, as long as someone still is alive and has a heartbeat, let's believe for healing. Amen. Let's believe for God's touch on their lives. Amen. We don't have a service tonight, but Wednesday night, Deb's going to share Wednesday night. Ladies have been having a great time. They had a Mother's Day celebration on Thursday. That was fun. Good things are happening. Amen. And Diana, thank you for Kids Rock. That's ages three to first grade. They're having that as well today. And uh, so forth. Let's stand just for a minute. We're going to share a few scriptures. Say it with me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So, um, I don't know. Uh, let, me just, let me just say this. Do they have Mother's Day in the various African countries? They do. Is it the same time? What months do they have it in the African? Three weeks ago? Okay. Well, at least they have it. Hallelujah. <laughs> I don't know if they have it. Some of you join us from around the world in India. I don't know if you have a Mother's Day in India either. But here we do. And it's always... But you don't need a day to celebrate your mother or someone you love and appreciate. You can do that all the time. Amen. Say all the time. Just to bless them and encourage them and do something nice for them. Hallelujah. All right. Proverbs chapter 31, when it talks about the virtuous woman. And it says, strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice 
she shall rejoice in, t- in time to come. She opens her mouth with, with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. So I, I know just mothers in general, you know, you may not remember it, obviously, when you were born. Leo doesn't know right now his mom's holding him. But a mom holds us. A mom takes care of us. Not, not that dads don't do, but, you know, we're just focusing on mothers here. Holds us, teaches, disciples, comforts us, encourages us, sacrifices. Uh, you know, I think the older you get, the more you realize that maybe your parents really sacrifice for you. Or the more older you get, the more you realize, boy, mom and dad must have did that. You know, you're doing something for your kids and you realize, they must have did that for us, you know. And, and to make things happen in our lives. Appreciation is always good, amen. Good to show appreciation to people around you. It's like honor, honoring people. In many other countries, the, the parents live with their children. And so uh, it's just very common in places we go that we may go into a pastor's house, but their parents are there as well, either his or hers or so forth. And uh, so it's just real common to do that. In America, we're, we're much more separate and that's not good. It's good, to, it's good to build the family relationship, nurture the family relationship as much as you can. Amen. Okay, let me just, uh, we have just a few minutes. So let me go, I want to talk about a few New Testament mothers. Matthew chapter 8. So after Jesus ministered, healed people and so forth, Jesus came into Peter's house. Uh, so it's interesting, you know, we never stop to think that, Disciples had houses, they had places they lived, they had families. James and John, their dad was a ship, owned ships and so forth, had employees and stuff like that. And so here Jesus comes into Peter's house and Jesus sees his wife's mother, Peter's wife's mother. Incidentally, if some people say that Peter was the first pope, he was married. Hello, he was married. He was a married man, right? So he wasn't celebrate. So Jesus sees Peter's wife's mother, who is sick. She's with a fever. And you know, when, when you're sick, you don't feel good and so forth. You're just laying down. And Jesus, I like this, he just touched her hand. He didn't even say he said anything. He just went and he touched her hand. The fever leaves. And she gets up and serves them. And I, I would guess this was just their custom to serve people, bless people, and so forth. But you want your house to be a place of hospitality. Amen. You want to be at a place where someone, not like you have to fix a meal for everybody, but I'm just saying, uh, certainly where you treat people again with respect when they come into your house to bless them, encourage them, and so forth. I, I think the Lord wants to bless us so we can be a blessing. Amen. So your, your home is, is a wonderful place. It's not like you have to invite everybody there, but here Jesus was. Peter's wife's mother's mother-in-law gets up and she just begins to serve them. And there was quite a group of people, of course, people that have been healed outside and so forth. Uh, I'm trying to think. We have Through the years, we've had so many people stay at our church. But I'm trying to think. Uh, stay, at stay at our house. Yes, thanks. Uh, uh, it was at Christmas or something. But they would make, and maybe some of you have done this. Your, your parents make rice for everybody in the city block, comes out and eats rice and, and uh, celebrates and so forth. And uh, what a blessing that is. Amen. Uh, again, we've become so um, isolated in America, especially where, where hospitality is like a long forgotten thing. But hospitality is good. It's good to be hospitable to other people. 
It's an attribute that you want to cultivate. It's not, it's not natural. It's actually supernatural to be hospitable, to do nice things for other people. Amen? So this is Peter's mother-in-law. Matthew 20, here's the mother of James and John. And so uh, her husband had owned ships and so forth. They had employees, all the things like that. James and John left their dad and go and went into the ministry to follow Jesus. And their mother, Zebedee's sons, the mother of Zebedee's sons, we don't know her name. They don't even give her a name here. But she comes to Jesus. She kneels down. She asks from him. And she says, Jesus says, what do you want? And she said, grant that these two sons of mine may sit one in your right, the other in your left in your kingdom. And, and so the, the thing was, here was a mom requesting something big. I'm not sure we can think too big. So many times, have you ever had, you know, your kids might say something and they're thinking about something real big and you think, well, that's, that won't happen to you or that won't happen to us or whatever. You don't want to think, you don't want to think small. Remember Gideon, when God spoke to Gideon and Gideon said, hey, how could, how could you use me? Look at my, look at, we're the poorest, we're the lowest family, so to speak here. And God, God wants to take us, even David took him from the sheepfold to the palace he wants to take us and do great things for us. And so here was, here was James and John's mother asking Jesus big things. And actually the disciples, they were a little irritated by that. They said, hey, wait a minute, what are you doing here? And Jesus just said, well, that's not mine to give. But actually he was willing to say, though, what do you want? What do you want? should write down, what do you want? And then should put down, dream big. Our dreams shouldn't stop at a high school graduation or college graduation or once you get married or once the children leave the house or once you have grandkids, your dreams shouldn't stop. Your dreams constantly should be modifying. Amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, keep dreaming. Keep dreaming. Keep thinking big. All right. Don't, don't, uh, don't sell yourself short and say, well, I'm old. I can't do this or this. There's some things. There's, we all have limitations as we get older. However, there's a lot we can do yet. Amen? So keep dreaming. And so here she was. Her sons were growing and so forth, but she was asking something big, big request of Jesus. Let's go to John chapter 2 for a second. Here's Jesus' mother, and of course, you know the story at the wedding and so forth. Now, she raised Jesus. She observed Jesus. Uh, she pondered in her heart the prophecies, things said about her son, Jesus. And so she nurtured all those things. And now Jesus is at like 30 years old, all right? So he's, he's at the beginning of his ministry, which is a very brief ministry. They're at a wedding. They run out of the, the natural wine. And Jesus, uh, uh, the mother says to him, they have no wine. In other words, you need to do something here. And she said, woman, what, what, do you, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. She actually brought out the anointing there that was in Jesus. And his mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Why don't you write that down a second? Whatever he says, the ladies in the Bible say even got a little notebook. They, write, they can write down things. But whatever he says to you, do it. Think about it. Think about it. Think about what, what God wants to do in our lives. So here was Jesus' mother, and she was just believing for a miracle. All right? She was just, what, what was the miracle? Just more beverage at the wedding feast, right? So whatever, whoever the wedding was, obviously it was probably a close relative, and they felt some significance at this wedding to actually give input. 
And so, and so Jesus' mother thought, this is very important. You've got to do something. And he did. So she, you know, put him on the spot. Whatever he says, do it. I think you should write that down. I think we should dream about those things. Whatever he says to you, do it. Don't be idle. Don't be thinking God can't use me. Think bigger. Think about the people who can get saved. Think about uh, miracles that can happen if you just do it. Think of technology that you have now that you can text around the world in a moment, can FaceTime around the world in a moment. What he says to you, do it. You might have prayed for something ten times, hasn't happened. But if he says pray about it again or believe today, believe today. Don't say it didn't happen or hasn't happened yet. No, let's believe today. Let's believe today for the manifestation of that prayer. Believe for it to come. Whatever he says to you, do it. Now let's go to Acts chapter 12 a second. Acts chapter 12. So this was the story when Peter was in the prison and God supernaturally brought him out of the prison. And, and uh, in, fact, in fact, Peter thought, you know, he was there to be killed, actually. And, and uh, Peter thought himself it was a dream that, like, as if, as if this really was happening. Keep in mind, he had, he had soldiers on either side of him. He gets up, the chains fall off. Now, let me just say this. Chains are metal. They make noise, right? Clink. They fall off. Everybody's still sleeping. It was a supernatural event. He walks out the door. The gate opens on itself. Think of an iron gate. What iron gates sound like? You know, it's going to squeak and squeal and so forth. Walks out. He gets in the street and he finally realizes, boy, the Lord brought me out of there. And so when Peter came to himself, all of a sudden like, wow, I'm free. I'm out of this prison. And he says, now I know the Lord sent his angel, has delivered me from the hand of Herod, from all the expectation of the Jewish people. The expectation was that he would be killed like the next day. All right. So when he considered this, he came to the house of Mary. Say Mary. So Mary is the mother of John, John Mark, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. So Mary doesn't mention her husband, but here's Mary having this prayer meeting. All right. And what were they doing in the prayer meeting? They were praying for the miraculous. They were praying for miracles to happen, for the impossible to happen. So in the natural, in the natural, Peter was not going to get out of this prison where he's locked up with chains, guards, and so forth. In the natural, that's not going to happen. But folks, we don't want to think in the natural. There's so many things as we think about the world, think about your family, think about stuff. You want to believe in the supernatural. You want to believe for things beyond what, what are possible. And that's what Mary was doing in her house. And Peter knocked on the door of the gate, and the girl named Rhoda came to answer. Now, you remember the story. Rhoda says, ah, oh, it's Peter, it's Peter. And they go back, and they said, it can't be Peter. He's in jail. So it wasn't like they had supernatural faith, knowing this is happening. But the point was, they were acting out their faith. You know, and I think you have to act out your faith. There's times I've been surprised, like, what, really? That, that happened? You know, a prayer was answered? That's all right. God wants to surprise us. But we still, prayer brings humility. I'm humbling myself to say, I cannot do this on my own. I need help. And he is the one to help us. So, so remember, Rhoda, of course, she goes to the door. Interesting enough, she goes back and she's so excited. And then they said, well, it can't be Peter. Must be his angel. Well, let me just say to you, if someone said there's an angel at your door, wouldn't you run and go see? Yeah. And, and they were so used to the supernatural. They were so used to the supernatural. Oh, it's not him. It's just an angel. There's an angel outside the house. Okay. Well, I'd been running to the door. 
So Peter's still outside. You know, Rhoda didn't unlatch the door. Peter's still outside. I'm still here. You know, they didn't have a ring doorbell to look at or anything. So he's there. And finally, they go to the door. And they're all shocked as Peter comes in and says, hey, be quiet. Let me tell you what happened. But I like it. It was Mary's house, right? They came to the house of Mary. So whether her husband, whatever happened to her husband, maybe he was there, but they called it the house of Mary, the mother of John Mark. And she was leading this prayer meeting. It was a powerful prayer meeting. And that's just powerful. Amen. Isaiah 66. Just got a little time here. Isaiah 66, 13 says, A mother will comfort one whom his mother comforts, so will I comfort you. And you should be comforted in Jerusalem. A mother is just there, and a mother comforts us, helps us, encourages us. Sometimes it's firm with us. Amen. So we go to the New Testament, and Jesus said this in John 14. So Jesus, what, we, what he was doing, started to comfort his disciples because he was telling them, I'm going to leave. I'm going, and they're like, oh, wait a minute, we, we need you. We want you here. Don't leave us now. Don't leave us high and dry. And so Jesus said, <clears throat> John 14, he's comforting them. Don't let your heart be troubled. And that's important for us. With all the stuff going on in the world, if you watch the news, your heart's going to be troubled. Your mind's going to be troubled. You're going to lose your peace. So you can, you can look at the news, you can be aware of it, just don't inundate yourself with it, right? Saturate yourself in the Word of God. So Jesus said, don't, don't allow your heart to be troubled. As a believer, you do not have to live in fear. You do not have to live in worry. As a believer, you can live in peace. There might be, there might be all kinds of hellacious things going on. You can still live in peace. You can still do that in your life, in your heart. Don't allow your heart to be troubled. You believe in God. You know, so I say, yeah, we believe in God. He said, believe in me also. Amen. So apply. What he's saying is apply your faith. Apply your faith to really to what? Apply your faith to your future. Amen. We're all here today in peace, so forth. No threats around us that we know of and all that. Apply your faith, though, to your future. What about tomorrow? What's going to happen next, next in the fall? What's going to happen next year? Well, no one knows. Why, why would you want to worry about it, right? Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't worry. Don't allow your heart to be troubled, all right? So you believe in God, believe in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it weren't so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Now he's comforting them about the bigger picture. Life is bigger than just this moment. We're, we're, we're influencing our world, but also ultimately we're passing out of this world. Unless he comes back sooner than we think, we'll, we'll leave this world, all right? And he says, I'm going go to prepare a place for you, and I'm going to come again, and I'm going to receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So their heart is concerned about the fact of separation with Jesus, and he's just telling them, no, you're not going to be separated with me. I'm going to be with you all the time. So he's comforting them. He's reassuring them. And I like the fact that he says, I will come again. Because like the second coming of Jesus Christ, we had Christmas, which we celebrate. But that's when he came as a baby. So we have the sequel to Christmas, Christmas 2, where he's coming riding on a white horse. And in that time, that's where you really want to be ready. Amen. This is a time right now, a time of acceptance where the world can accept him and stuff. But there's coming a day like that's over now. And then it's a day of judgment. Not good. 
right? So, so Jesus was comforting them. So now in John 14, then Jesus says this. He says, I will pray the Father and he will give you, notice the word, another comforter. Now I'm comforting you, Jesus is saying, but I'm going to give you another comforter. Someone that's going to stay with you forever. Can you say hallelujah? So there's another comforter. Different versions will say a helper or an advocate. An advocate is somebody advocating for you on your side. So Jesus said, I'm going to give you another comforter, comforter, another one, just like me, that's going to stay with you forever. Oh, I love that. So we have this Holy Spirit today to minister to us, to help us, to encourage us all the time. Our job, though, our job, if I, any of us, if I look at the wind and the waves and the news of the world, like, oh, boy, what's going on? Then you don't, it's not good, right? But if I look at Jesus and his word and realize, Lord, you're with me, you'll never leave me, you're on my side, it's going to be okay. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's going to be okay. <laughs> it's going to be okay. Verse 17 and 18, then, Jesus says this, the spirit of truth... The world can't receive this. But listen, you have truth inside of you. And the spirit of truth will use the truth of the word of God. So the world doesn't see the Holy Spirit. The world doesn't know the Holy Spirit. But Jesus said, you know the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit dwells, meaning the Holy Spirit will live with you. The Holy Spirit shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. <laughs> oh, I love the fact. I just think so many times... If, if I'm running to other things, then I'm missing out on his, his embrace. Because, because I, I can remember as a child even, like, like a big storm coming or whatever. Where was the best place to be as a child? Well, your parents' bed, you know. I mean, I was the youngest of four boys, so I think they had mercy on me. Let me jump in their bed sometimes during the thunderstorms. But, but just the same, to be close to them, what did I have to do? I had to run to them. In my, in my fear, whatever, I had to run to them. In, in all the issues of the world, I have to run to Jesus. Now, folks, I have to do this every day, to be honest. There's so much bad news in the world. But he gives us the spirit of truth that tells us about our future so that when I run to Jesus, I find myself comforted. Well, I mean, people can look at the economy, the stock market, all kinds of things. They have their trust in money. They have their trust in the markets. They have trust in all the things. Well, your trust needs to be in Jesus. He will never fail. He is always there for you. And I believe as we run to him, he embraces us. And when I sit down with my Bible and so, so forth, many times I just feel his embrace. He always says to me the words like, Dave, I love you. And I think, oh, man, I need that. That's good. He loves us. He's your comforter. He's on your side. He knows what you face. He's already faced every temptation possible. He already knows that. But he's there for us. And he's living with us, in us, by his power. Let's just lift our, let's close our eyes just for a second. Lord, we receive your comfort, your grace to stand in these times. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that you give us. We thank you that you are empowering us to live for you in these days. And Lord, that, that your word says nothing will separate us from your love. Not in anything, things to come, not anything in the future. So Lord, we just run to your embrace. And we say thank you, Jesus, for holding us, comforting each person here today, each person listening, even on this 
uh, message right now online. Each person listening, Lord, I thank you for wrapping your arms around people. In Jesus' name. I speak even, somebody watching, you don't even know the Lord, but he knows you. And he knows your name and he's for you. And just, just open your heart to let him wrap his arms around you right now. You can just whisper his name and say, Jesus. He's as close as the mention of his name. He loves each of us with this everlasting love. And he comes to comfort and minister to us. And Lord, we thank you today for this. We thank you for what you're doing by your spirit. And we thank you for your comfort in Jesus' name. Amen. You say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We bless you today. Moms, we bless you. Hope you do something fun today. All right. Uh, if you don't have someone around you to do something fun, go do something fun on your own. <laughs> Treat yourself. Treat yourself. Bless one another. Amen. And uh, we're glad you're here. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being part of the Tabernacle Ministry. Amen. So. So, uh, God bless you. Now, this week, going to be a good week. Amen. Come on out. It'll be a great week. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.